0: Hey, you're listening to the podcast for Mid-City Vineyard Church. My name is Brian. My wife and I pastor Mid-City Vineyard, which is located right in the heart of New Orleans, Louisiana, on Canal Street. And uh, you can check us out on Facebook, Mid-City Vineyard Church, Instagram, at Mid-City Vineyard, or online, midcityvineyard.org. We're in the middle of a series right now called Seeds, and souls. And last week we talked a bit about how the soul actually does not have a switch or a button or a lever, but that growth comes in human beings in very slow and patient ways. And so this week we talked about what it means to be formed and transformed into Christ-likeness. So we thank you for stopping in, checking it out. Feel free at any time to worship with us. We worship on Saturday nights at 4302 Canal Street. Much peace to you and to all of yours. So this is cool. So this is something that Gemini... Uh, Gemini uh, This is something that... Uh, We've been talking about uh, for just a little while. Jim has this huge heart for the HIV community, Uh, Michelle does, and so he's just moving in this direction. And I kind of see, this is a great segue also, I kind of see that, not kinda, I do see that as my role and Christy's role as uh, pastors of Mid-City Vineyard. I've been meeting with a a number of you and many people in this room have these incredible hearts for various different things. and the truth is, the Holy Spirit is working in the lives of, of, of everyone here. I firmly believe that the Spirit of God is working in the lives of every single human being on the planet, whether people recognize this or not. But when the Holy Spirit is is is, is filling us and when the Holy Spirit is, is, is causing things to stir within us, sometimes I've noticed that, especially in the church, we kind of base even our own participation in a church based off of what that church can do for me, you know, or what that church has to offer me. And here's the thing. This church doesn't have a lot of programs to offer you. <laughs> or me, for that matter. Uh, we're small. We're new. We are gonna celebrate our one-year birthday in about a month and a half, and so that's gonna that's going be a ton of fun. Um, but we don't have a lot of outreach programs. We don't have, you know, a lot of stuff. But here's what we have. We have the presence and the Spirit of God. Uh, we're, we're 50 or 60 strong right now, and that means that the Spirit of God is, is moving and ebbing and flowing and speaking and revealing uh, herself to 50 or 60 people right now. So what do we do with that? Well, my role and Christy's role is to partner with the Holy Spirit and to partner with you and to see what God's doing there and see that we might move this thing together to see what more God wants to do in our community. And so when you you come to me or when you come to Christy and say, I have an idea, I want you to know that it would be good to be prepared to anticipate acting on that idea at some point. Because if you come to me and say, hey, how about we do more of this? I'm probably not going to say, well, that's great. Let me figure out how to do it. What I'm probably going to do is say, that's amazing. Let us together figure out how you can do that. And how we as a church can partner together. And I personally believe, philosophically, that is the way that the church is to move. I believe that that is the way that the church grows. I believe that is the way that the church has an impact, a real tangible, serious impact in the community. And we feel very called to Mid-City, so we're going we're gonna to work and we're going to sink our, our fingers into what God's doing in Mid-City. That kind of church really excites me. And so that's, that's what we're, we're looking to do here. So um, whatever God's doing in you, we'd like to talk about it more and more. And so I think that this is just a beautiful model of that, Jim and Michelle. So thanks for stepping into that, and, and we're going to see. Because Mid-City Vineyard is going to have a chance to be engaged in something with the HIV community here in New Orleans. And I'm, I'm excited about that. So I think that's cool. All right. So I want to I jump off of, of last week's teaching. If you weren't able to be with us last week, we did a, a teaching called Seeds and Souls. Uh, and I think the, t- the subtitle was S- seeds, uh, yeah. seeds and Switches was the subtitle. And if you didn't get a chance, if you weren't here, uh, the podcast is online. And I encourage you to download the podcast through uh, iTunes and go back and listen to that. It was a pretty short teaching, and I, I think that it really sets up this series, because we're going to stay in this vein now for a couple of weeks here. And this week, I've titled this one, Formed and Transformed, and because we're jumping off of what we talked about last week. And here's, here's the main thesis uh, of, of last week's teaching. The soul does not have a switch. Your soul does not have a switch. And so, in a society that we live in, where everything pretty much happens at the drop of a hat, you know, you you walk into a dark room and you flip a switch and the lights come on, or you jump onto the internet and you wanna you want to text message or email your friend who lives in Indonesia and you do that and it literally gets there in four seconds. And if for some reason it doesn't, if for some reason you hit send only to realize that you don't have a Wi-Fi signal and it's going to take two minutes, I mean we lose our minds. It's kind of like, oh my gosh, you know, like I'm just send send I'm i got to go outside and see if I can get a signal. And, you know, we do. And so we just lost maybe 30 seconds of our day, and that drives us crazy. But we live in a society filled with switches and levers and buttons and things just happen. So what happens in our lives is all of a sudden we decide, you know, I don't like this particular thing about myself. I don't like that I have a short temper with people. Or I don't like that I'm... um, overly judgmental, or I don't like that uh, I yell at the drop of a hat, I don't like that about myself, I'm going to change it. And so we decide I'm going to change it, only to realize that the next day we do the exact same thing again. And then because we live in a world with switches and buttons and levers, we get very angry at ourselves. Oh man, I I should be better than this by now. But you just started the process yesterday. (laughs) And the reason is because we, we treat ourselves, our human selves, our souls, our spirits, our, our being the same way we treat everything else. And we, we're looking for instant gratification and we're always looking. When in fact, the soul is more, it's seed work. The soul is where you plant a seed in cooperation with the Holy Spirit, for those of us who are Christians. And you water the seed and you, you make sure the seed gets good light and and. You step back and you know when you plant a seed, you walk out the next day and what do you see? You see the exact same thing that you saw the day before. You just see dirt, you just see soil. And then you go out on Tuesday and you still see soil and Wednesday soil and Thursday soil and Friday soil and Saturday soil and Sunday soil, Monday. Maybe, maybe by Monday, you might see something that just slightly pops up through the soil. It's because it's a seed and it takes time and it takes nurturing and it takes patience. So the work of the soul is seed work. Now, here's the good news. It is possible to change. It is possible to, 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 to grow in our lives, just understanding that it might be a little bit more slow. Now, there are a couple of uh, foundational thoughts that I think before we, we get deep into this that we need to understand. Foundational thought number one is that the life of a Christian, so for, for you if you are a, a, a one who follows Jesus and, and you have the, the presence of the Spirit of God living within you, the life of a Christian is not about trying to get God to, to like you. It's not about trying to get God to be pleased with you. It's not about finding your way into God's good graces. God, and I would say this to every human being walking the face of the planet today, God's never turned God's back on you. The, 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 the problem that we have is that as human beings, human beings have turned their back on God. But God's never turned his back on human beings. God's face shines upon human beings. And God is constantly saying, no, come, come this way. Come this way. Like what is happening over here is good. Like, what's happening over here in, in this, 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 this uh, dance that I'm a part of with Father, Son, Holy Spirit, this is a good thing. And there's kindness and there's beauty and there's grace and there's mercy and there's forgiveness and there's joy. Uh, this, is, this is good stuff. So God's not turned his back on you. So you don't have to work your way into God's good graces. At the same time, it's not about winning your way anywhere. Well, if I do enough, if, I, if I'm kind enough times, then God will probably help me get that new car. Or if I'm generous enough with this money, then maybe God will give me more money. Or, or if, I, if I repent enough, then maybe God will forgive me. Or, or maybe he'll, he'll listen to my prayers better. I mean, this is, this is hocus-pocus... Um, more, this is more like witchcraft than it is Christianity, <laughs> honestly. This is, this is not anything that we understand from the scriptures as to how God works. God's face is shining towards you. It's upon you. You cannot do anything to get more of God's favor in your life. You cannot do anything to cause God to love you more. Than he does right now. Well, that's not true, Brian. I mean, if I would stop this particular addiction, then God would, you know, he'd probably uh, feel better towards me. Not true. He can't. He's God. He already loves you immensely. More. Uh, he can't love you anymore, nor can he love you any less, because God is amazing and he's good, and this is, this is God's nature. So the Christian life, ultimately, it's, it's about following Jesus. It's about being led by the Spirit of God. It's about cooperating with what God is doing, and it's about moving into this life that God has invited us into. I, I would suggest that the Christian life is not even about getting to heaven when you die. The Christian life. Jesus very rarely talked about getting to heaven when you die. Jesus very often talked about, hey, listen, I want you to experience life, and I want you to experience goodness, and I want you to experience mercy. I want you to experience, ultimately, the kingdom of God, which is the reign of God right here in your life, here and now, today. More today than you did yesterday. More tomorrow than you did today. I want you to keep moving and ebbing and flowing and cooperating with the Spirit To experience this life. That's why Jesus says, you know, the the enemy, the accuser of your soul comes to steal from you, to kill you, to destroy you. But I, Jesus, I've come to give you life to the fullest. You mean after I die? No, right now. I've come to give you life. I've come to to bring about this this richness of peace and mercy and grace. And it it will extend into the life to come after this life. But if Christianity doesn't apply here and now, in my opinion, my very, and this, I say this humbly, but if it doesn't apply here and now, I've kind of come to the place where I'm out. <laughs> because like, it's, it's, it's a challenging thing to, 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 to move and to ebb and flow and to learn forgiveness and kindness and all these things. And if it doesn't apply to here and now, then what, what good is it for? Why did Jesus come? He came to give us life that we might experience now, a taste of what is to come. So, here's what Paul says in 2 Corinthians. He says, look, if any person, let me read this out of the uh, scriptures, so I don't botch it up. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. You might be very familiar with this passage. Um, oh, mercy. There it is. All right. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Paul says this. He says, look, now if anybody is in Christ, the new creation has come. He says, the old is gone and the new is here. And all of this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ Jesus and then gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So Paul says, look, if you are in Christ, if if you've been filled with the presence of God, if you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, which simply means... If you have said, if you've kind of turned your eyes towards God and, and you you have asked the Spirit of God, you know, come and, and lead this life. I, I, I want to surrender this stuff to you and I don't really know which way I should land politically. I don't know what I really should do with my sex life. I don't really know necessarily what I should do with my financial life. I don't know how I should handle my relationships. I just want to surrender this stuff to you. I invite you to come be a part of this. Well, Paul says when, when, you, when you move in this direction, he says that the Spirit of God's filled you and he says, now the new creation has come. Now, what does this mean? It means that this kingdom life that Jesus has been talking about, you are now being ushered into an experience of this kingdom life. Well, I don't, I, I don't see it. Well, there is there is there is some, there is a bit of mysticism to this. There is a bit of this, this other dimensional experience here. Some of this is taken by faith, and some of it is taken as we grow in our experience of it. But what what Paul is saying is, look, there is a there's an experience of the kingdom. There's there's this there's this world to come and in this world to come in this in this kingdom of God, it is characterized by things like love, not like oh love, but like love meaning that when when there are enemies like we are actually being moved in our hearts to learn what it truly is to pray for those people and not wish ill upon them when there is someone who has hurt us badly there is this there's this thing in the kingdom of god that leads us towards the place of forgiveness and not holding on to grudges there is this thing that in, when something happens to us we begin to learn to extend kindness we begin to learn to, learn to extend grace we begin to become more generous uh, uh, we become more self-controlled when we're filled by the spirit of God like there is this there is this reality where this exists it's called the kingdom of God and Paul says when you come into this connection with God the new has come the kingdom that reality is available to for you to experience here and now. In Romans 6, Paul says, look, we used to be slaves to sin, which means basically that, you know, like sin just kind of ruled our lives. It's just like we just defaulted to sin. And he says now that you've come to Christ, now you're a slave to righteousness. he says, so what that means is that sin doesn't rule your life anymore. Do you sin? I do still, yes. You know, but like my, I I don't have this major hang up on, on sin because here's the thing, sin comes and sin goes, and when I realize, when the Spirit of God convicts me and says, you know, this is a pattern in your life that actually isn't good for you. It's like, it, it, this can hurt you. I mean, uh, a bit later, um, Paul says, look, the, the, the wages of sin is death. What's he talking about there? And he says, but the gift of God is eternal life. And we've taken this passage and we've interpreted this. The, the wages of sin is that you'll go to hell when you die. But the gift of God is that you can go to heaven when you die. And that's not what Paul's talking about. Paul's saying this. The wages of sin is death. Like sin in your life puts you sideways. It gets you sideways. It leads you in places that you don't want to go. When you are addicted to something, you know, like, you, you, could, you, could, take, you could take pornography, for instance, and say, well, the addiction to pornography is, you know, is, is, is bad, okay, but, but why? Well, here's, here's ultimately what happens. It will thwart your relationships. Like, it will distort the way you look at other people especially people of the opposite sex than you it, it it leads to the ways of of death in the sense that it can destroy you from the inside out it's that's that's what addiction does to us that's what sin does to us so when you hear me talk about sin I'm not talking like like, like yeah. Did you, uh, I don't know, whatever, whatever trivial things we think of. We're like, oh, that was sin. <laughs> Jesus is upset with you. I don't, really, I don't really see it that way. I see it more like, that was sin, and you, know, you keep up this pattern, and that's going to take you places you don't want to go. It's going to take you places that Jesus doesn't want you to go. Because Jesus seems to be the one who knows what's really good for us. When, when the adulterer, uh, When the woman caught in adultery was brought before Jesus, It says that Jesus, you know, you you might be familiar with the story, but he says, you know, of all these religious people, he says, whoever doesn't have any sin, whoever hasn't done anything wrong, throw the first stone. So all these guys are like, oh, man, crap. All right, you got me. So they throw their stones down, and they all walk away. And Jesus looks at the woman, he says, where are those who condemn you? And he says, they don't condemn you. I don't condemn you either. Go and sin no more. But one of the translations, as you look at this, actually... Means and the words of Jesus is basically what Jesus says is what you are doing. It's not good for you. It it it's hurting you. So don't don't go that way anymore. Go the way of life, and that's when Paul says the wages of sin is death. It's taking you down a path just in in your life, even here and now. He says the free gift of God is eternal life, and don't think heaven when you think eternal. Don't think. He's saying eternal life is the life of the kingdom. It's the life of salvation. It's the life of beauty. It's the life of mercy. It's the life of grace. And it begins, starts right here and now. That's the gift of God. God's saying, like, well, come get in on this. So I would have to ask, do you and do I, I mean, does, does, does living in a world where kindness comes before anger, I mean, does that sound good to you? And does living in a world where extending forgiveness and actually really feeling it and sensing it and meaning it in your heart, does that sound better to you than being a person who, is, who holds grudges? As one who has held grudges and actually still has one or two right now that I'm working through, I know that holding grudges is painful. Like it seems like the grudges that I have right now, the two that I'm working through, it seems to hurt me more than it hurts the two people that I'm holding grudges against because they don't actually even know So now it's kind of ticking me off because, you know, like, and I, and so I'm really, I'm working through these things, you know, and, and I, I admit to you that I'm working through them because so much in the past, it's like, well, you just need to drop that grudge. This is, this is seed work (laughs) and I'm not, I, I can't flip a switch. So I'm, I'm working through it, but living in this type of world is the kingdom life that Jesus is saying, come get in on this. Come get in on this. So here's how it works. As, as since we were babies, we have been being formed in our inner being. And you can call your inner being whatever you want to call it for the sake of this particular teaching. You can call it your inner being, you can call it your spirit, you can call it your soul, you can call it your heart. Um, there are there are philosophers and theologians the world around who are trying to decide exactly what the human being is made up of, and nobody can agree. So you know you but here, here, at the core of your being, let's let's say it that way, you have been being formed since the day you were born. Now, you were created, because you are a human being, you were created in the image of God. Again, theologians and primarily theologians are still trying to figure out exactly what that means, but, but I, I do believe that that is very biblical. It's very scriptural, that we've been created in the image of God. At no point have you lost that image. You've always been created, and you've always been in the image of God. However... In those years that you've been, you were growing up, you were constantly being formed. Some of you have been very formed, well, no, let me say all of us, have been very formed by our relationship to our parents. Uh, some of you had an amazing relationship with your parents, and it formed you in a particular way. Some of you had absolutely terrible relationship with your parents, and it formed you in a particular way. You've been formed by your relationships with your siblings. You've been formed by relationships with your friends. You have been formed throughout the years through relationships with teachers. You know, don't, don't think for a second that that one time that that teacher, when you were in the seventh grade and that teacher told you that you were a loser and you wouldn't amount to anything, don't think that that did not in some way form you. It did. Some of you uh, resolved issues differently than others, but all the same, we've all been being formed in our inner beings all along. But then something happens, we, we actually come, oh, well let me, and, and we've also been formed even in, in how we respond to things. Some of you have a very short temper. Your chances that you were born with a very short temper, probably not so much, um, but probably along the way you formed that and it became your defense response and you have a very short temper and bam, there you are. I mean, you can fight over anything at any time. You're just good at it. And some of you even pride yourself on that perhaps. <laughs> Uh, both of these are, you've been formed in this particular way. But then what happens is we come to know Christ. We meet Christ. And all of a sudden, we're, 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 we're told different things, like, well, you know, that might not be the best way to respond, or maybe you should um, uh, consider going this particular direction, or, or, you know, this, that, or the other. And so all of a sudden, what needs to be happened is what has been formed now needs to begin to be Transformed. However, the Christian life is not just, it's not a life about um, moral behavior. Jesus didn't come to change your behavior. Jesus came to change who you are. Like, that's the beautiful thing. And that, you know, he does that in a moment's time. Somehow you know, we turn our hearts and our direction towards Jesus. And that's all he's saying. Just turn your just turn your eyes towards me. And, and I'm going to begin doing this amazing work within you. But don't for a second think that, it's not going to take some cooperation because you don't have a switch. You don't have a lever. You don't have a button. But I want to teach you. I want you to experience a new way of being, a new way of experiencing life. See, my kingdom, kindness and goodness and mercy and forgiveness and grace, beauty, self-control, love, gentleness, all of these things, like, it's here. It's, it's, it's here it's here and i want you to experience it but i want you to experience from the inside out because if you try to experience it from the outside in your true colors it'll 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 show over time <laughs> so he invites us to this place of transformation so how does that happen how does that happen it happens through the holy spirit period true transformation happens through the Spirit of God and learning to actually cooperate with the Spirit of God. And I'm going to to press in for for two minutes on that tonight, and then I'm going to look at it. We're going to look at it together more next week. But I I would say that it happens through the Spirit of God, cooperating with the Spirit. But here's something that, that is important. It also happens through connecting relationships with other people. God actually uses His spirit within us. But then God is one that is a very firm because God, God's self is father, son, spirit is in connection. God will use the community of faith more, more than any other relationships. I believe he will use the community of faith to, to bring about this inner change that begins to move outward. That's why I, I that's why I personally think that what we do here and what we do on Red Bean Mondays and what we do uh, you know on Bulldog Thursdays and just the relational components of this are so vital to who we are as as a community. Because we need one another to kind of press in. You know, when I get with Nelson and we're drinking coffee and, and, and Nelson kinda uh, you know, he sees something in me. Maybe I'm, I'm just running it off at the mouth about somebody who cut me off earlier or, or something even even bigger. You know, and Nelson maybe comes to a point where he's like, you know, maybe there's something for you that God wants to reveal in this. And then, I'm, then I get angry at Nelson, you know, because I don't really want to talk about that. But you know what? Sometimes we just need that kind of, hey, what? So it's cooperation with the Spirit. So here's how I would I would sum it up. A couple things we could do. First, I think that growing in, in connections with God is the first thing that has to happen is that we have to determine what things God's pressing in. on. There's nothing worse than feeling like you've got to change a whole bunch of things all at one time. And I, I think that a lot of Christianity is like this, you know, like. Well, you got to get this, 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 all in shape, and I'm like, man, oh my gosh, just no, I, I'm not, I'm not a fan of that. What's God? What's God speaking to you? What is the Holy Spirit kind of pulling up within you? Determine those kinds of things, and one of the ways that we determine that is simply by saying, Holy Spirit, what are, what are you doing with me? What are you doing in me? Determine whatever it is. The second thing would be to actually decide to to cooperate with God. There is a very human component to this. I could say all day, God, I, 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 uh, I see that you desire to, to empower me to be a more generous person. Thank you. <laughs> well, what, what ha- well, where's the cooperation? It's deciding, and so now, God, in, in this. Um, would, you, would you open my eyes to see, would you kind of reveal to me when and where those opportunities are arising? And then the third thing would be to actually do something about it, to cooperate with God and doing something about it determine what's going on, decide that we will cooperate, and then actually do that. So here's how it works in my life. I told you last week, you know, these are the seeds come about. When we get a little annoyed, sometimes maybe we we're, we're, we see someone else who is a particular way, and we say, oh, I want to be like that. Well, then, that's a seed. That's kind of like, oh, well, take that and plant that, and let's cooperate with God. Or some, the other thing is, we become annoyed, you know, like, oh, why did I do that again? Well, that can be used to to uh, move you towards planting a seed. This week, uh, and this was a really good exercise for me, so that's why I, I tell you about this. This week, there were three things that really stood out to me. The first one uh, actually happened uh, in, a, in a very public setting like this, where I was actually talking to someone, and someone else walked behind that person, and the person who was actually talking to me like, they were, they were talking to me, we were locked in, and someone walked behind them, and as they're talking, I look over their head, and I begin making hand gestures and talking to the person behind them to come back to the, the conversation, they're still talking, and I have no idea what they've been saying. And it was one of these things, and you might say, well, that's no big deal. Well, oh, good, for you right now, it's no big deal. For me, it was a big deal. And I just felt like it's one of those things where the Holy Spirit was is continually, because we've had this conversation before, inviting me to actually be present wherever I'm present. And so this is one of those things where all week I just I decided, you know, I'm gonna, I'm going to plant this thing. I'm going to I'm going to, and now I'm asking the Holy Spirit whenever I kind of leave a conversation, even though I'm still in a conversation. Holy Spirit, would you would you open my heart to that? Would you open my eyes to that so that I can so I can see. I desire to start seeing movement and growth in that area. I think that's a kingdom thing. Uh, I was in another situation this week where uh, I actually, I'm, I'm, I'm not a rule follower, and I'm okay with that. Um, I'm just kind of, you know, it, there are certain things. Um, <laughs> so there's a particular door that said, do not enter. And so I know I wasn't supposed to enter it, but someone was coming out of it, and so it wasn't locked anymore, and so I entered it. And as soon as I entered it, the woman who was standing there said, uh, Sir, you, uh, how, how did you get in that door? You're not supposed to come in that door. I said, oh, well, I, you know, somebody, somebody walked out, and so I walked in. Um, but I was, here's what I found. <laughs> Just so we're clear, so you know how not awesome I am, I still have no issue with the fact that I walked through the door that said, Do not enter. <laughs> that doesn't bother me. What bothered me is how I responded to the woman in authority, kind of ask me like because all she was doing was her job and yet i found that in my heart i was kind of like who is she to be asking me why i'm coming in the door that says do not enter she actually happened to be the person in charge of the door but that is was of no you know I, so so what i found in my heart though was that i was kind of like you know like there might brian you might actually have a a, a bit of a thing here with someone in authority like that that might be a thing uh, and so maybe that's something to, to press in on. So that's another seed. But that's not enough. So then later this week, I found myself uh, in this other situation um, where the other thing I'm really good at, I'm really good at judging people. Um, I don't mean like judging people like, yeah, that person's probably, you know, they're, they're probably really good at this or they're probably really good at this. I'm more like the kind of person that judges people is like, it's more like, um, that person is really bad in this area, and they would be much better if they did it my way, like this. Or that person is, you know, they're kind of a loser because of it. Now, listen, I don't do this to any of you, okay? Because, we're in the church together, like we're, like we're, we're, we're like, we're, we're in, you know. But, but I do it to other people. Uh, man, it. Anyone else? Anyone else good at this? Or any of you good at this? Somebody raise your hand, okay? So. You think I am? I'm. Again, my point here is that I, when when that when that came to my mind, and I thought, you know, here's my desire. I desire to grow in likeness. I do. And I think Jesus has invited us to grow into Christ's likeness because I think there's a better way to live than being judgmental. I think that there is a better way to live than having problems with authority. And I think there's a better way to live than not being present in the moment. Those are three things. I think there's better ways to live. I think they're part of the kingdom. And I think the Spirit of God invites us into that. So I determined that those three things are there this week. I'm asking that there not be necessarily any more revelations this week. I'm going to just go with these things, and I've, I've also decided I want I want to see the Spirit of God begin to 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 flow out of me more in my personhood in these things. And so now my prayer is, Spirit of God, this week, wherever I'm doing those things, would you reveal it to me? Would you reveal it to me? Quicken my heart. Whatever, however that works, or would you reveal it to me through my friend Eric, or through my friend Denise, or, or through my friend Ben, or through my friend Sherry, would you reveal it to me? Or, you know, in my situation, the way the Holy Spirit really reveals it to me, more than, uh, more than not, is through my children or through my wife. And that might be the most painful, yet, it's also the safest, um, you know, because I know they're not going anywhere. So, uh, you know, so that you know, But in our life with Christ, to move into Christ-likeness, to be, we've been formed to be transformed, to allow the Holy Spirit. This is something that we're truly after. And I want to say it again. It's not going to happen like this, because I've had conversations with some of you. And you've said to me, I don't know why I'm still like this. I know why. It's because it's hard work. And it's seed work. But it's good work. But you're not in this alone. The, the moment you decide to do it alone, you're sunk. You're not in it alone. The Spirit of God is driving this. And the community of faith is... is I, I desire that this community of faith would grow in relationships deep enough where we really are able to trust one another and see ourselves ebb and flow and morph and grow together. So here's what we're going to do tonight. And we're going to continue this series over the next two or three weeks and just look at a, a couple of different... Uh, ways that this works but tonight what we're going to do is worship together again and we're going to share uh communion together and as we move into this next uh worship song i want to invite you to sit or stand but it's going to be a moment uh in this part we probably have about five ten minutes left so don't 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 get too uh too crazy on me but this probably might be the most important part for us because for this next song i want to invite you to to um Close your eyes and reflect upon the things that the Spirit of God might be saying to you. Uh, The candle is lit. I fully, with all my heart, believe that the presence and the Spirit of God is here. And God's always looking to speak. God's always looking to to bring something to light. And then after this song, we'll we'll reflect for a moment, then we'll open the communion table. Let me explain communion now. Uh, Everyone is welcome at the table what we will do is we will come in twos, threes, fours, fives, or sixes and you just come to the table, you can take the bread you break the bread, you dip it in the juice and then you can take that but we come to the table with an understanding that at the table uh, we, all, we all stand on level ground because Christ has he's restoring us, he's redeeming us he's reconciling us there is no one person better than any other at the, at the table, it doesn't matter how rich or how poor it doesn't matter what color. It doesn't matter what occupation. It doesn't matter what political affiliation. None of this stuff matters. None of it matters for Christians. Because we all come as one body. We all come to the table together. And it's through the death and resurrection of Jesus that we are, we are bonded together. So if you have your song sheet, we'll do song number three there. And I'll, I'll walk us uh